Hi, my name is Gina, and welcome to Letters to My Daughters podcast. If you are new, I just want to welcome you, and if you are a returning listener, I want to thank you for coming back. This is my final episode for season one, and I plan to take three weeks off before launching season two on November 18th. I can't wait to see what God has in store for season two. Thanks again for tuning in. I remember growing up and having feelings of not belonging. I used to feel like an alien that got left behind on earth. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out why I wasn't lovable, why I couldn't get the kind of attention I wanted. I was wrapped up in myself, in my sense of not belonging, and couldn't see past my own desire to feel accepted. As I have gotten older and become a mother, I have observed these same needs in other people, but especially in my own children. I always wondered if it was just me, if maybe it was because I was adopted or maybe because I didn't have the perfect parents and I was somehow broken because of that. It's really comforting to know that I am not and was not alone in my feelings of self-doubt, but that has led me to wonder why so many of us walk through life feeling like a stranger, why so many of us fill the gaps with things that we think will cure our emptiness and finally make us the people we think we need to be. One of the first things that was said to me about Christianity was the need to be set apart. The idea of being set apart is biblical, and I want to refer back to Romans 12:2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. If we are not born already transformed by this world, this means that We are born in God's image, and the world has the opportunity to permeate our innocence and connection to God as we mature. This is a really big deal. I want to reveal something big here, and you can read it for yourself in John 15, 19. The verse says, If you belonged to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, You do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. The context of this verse is Jesus explaining to his disciples why the world hates them and will hate them in the future. But this verse has a major message to all of us, and you need to hear it right here, right now. The world oppresses you. It makes you fight 
for your basic needs of food, water, medicine, shelter. It takes your money in the process. It forces you to toil and labor in unfair ways that take you from your family, from serving others, from serving God. It surrounds you with images that tell you you aren't beautiful enough, hardworking enough, woke enough, that your definition of love and goodness is wrong, that you must assimilate or lose everything. You are faced daily with threats to your peace, to your marriage, to your children, to your very life. This world truly, ardently, genuinely hates you. We live in a world that was curated by artificial intelligence and algorithms to desensitize you and make you feel as bad about yourself as possible so that you in turn spend your time, energy, and money trying to fit the impossible mold that the world wants you to believe you need to fit into. The truth is, the earth is our temporary home. The truth is, you don't belong here. So today, in my final letter of season one, I want to face some of the ways the world is currently messing with my life and the lives of those around me. Today, I want to face the fact that the world hates me. And this is not victimhood. This is a glorious realization that finally helps me understand why I have never felt that I belong. In the words of C.S. Lewis, I was made for another world. It's amazing to me how easily the opinions of the world as a whole are so able to permeate our lives. I have noticed that primarily what we fixate on as a culture in America is identity. We are surrounded with images of what media considers ideal in parenting, marriage and relationships, sex, appearance, mental and emotional health, thoughts, diet and healthcare, and so on. The images that plaster our grocery stores, bus stops, and park benches are not all bad, but they do contribute to this wacky mental image. I know too many women who want to be stick thin to believe you when you tell me that you are not affected by those images. It does something to us in our hearts. It convicts us to get healthy, to shape up, to dress up, to eat better. That conviction goes a long way in convincing us that we need to live according to the opinions of others. I personally know people who struggle with the idea of image. They care so much about what other people think that they silence the people around them, showing the parts they think the world wants to see while keeping their messes behind closed doors. In this era, the age of cancel culture, keeping up appearances can look even more important. That's why I use this podcast as my platform to bear it all. I keep no secrets here because I want my daughters to know exactly what to do when they face trials of any kind. Making the decision to share so openly on my podcast 
changed my relationship with my own mom, but also changed how I view being a daughter. My mom has spent a lot of time in practices that, according to scripture, are considered occult and satanic. She would like people to believe that she is a Christian, even though she has admitted to not reading the Bible. She actually believes that there is a man on this earth who is able to channel Jesus and give enlightenment and wisdom to all who will listen. I first want to warn you that according to the Bible, which is the God-breathed word from God himself, this is impossible. Jesus is going to come again, but not through bodily possession of a human being. It's laughable to many people that psychics or mediums or even astrologers exist. A lot of people are skeptical of the abilities of those people. A lot of people call those practices woo-woo or ridiculous. But those same people walk into Target and buy crystal necklaces that promise to give them confidence. Those same people believe that a horoscope will help them have a better day. Those same critics believe that crystals made by God in the act of creation have magical abilities from the moon and the sun. I personally know people who claim to be devout Christians who also charge crystals in the full moon. We can laugh about the cults, the extremists, the crazies, but whether you are putting your faith in a false prophet or a rock, you are still dishonoring and disobeying God. The Bible clearly forbids meddling in the occult in numerous locations. But in Leviticus 26, it tells us, if a person turns to mediums and necromancers, whoring after them, I will set my face against that person and will cut him off from among his people. This verse and other verses tell us that God turns his face from those who are involved in the occult. But more than that, he cuts those people off from being among his people, godly people. In 1 Corinthians 10.21 we are told, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot have a part in both the Lord's table and the table of demons. Did it ever occur to you that participating in practices that are forbidden by scripture means you are seating yourself at the table of demons? In 2 Corinthians 11.14, we are told that Satan masquerades as an angel of light. I can't tell you how many times my own mom has told me that what she is doing is okay because it is of the light. I want to be very clear here. Involving yourself in the occult, even if it feels lighthearted, is involving yourself with Satan. And we are not just told not to contact mediums. We are also told not to have false idols such as crystals, not to have any other God except for God himself. In Revelation 21.8, God loops idolaters in with rapists and murderers, saying, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, 
Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Whew, that's intense. This is the point where many non-Christians whip out their scripture and say, Judge not! This is the point where the people who follow psychics around and pay them loads of money to get told what they want to hear justify why they do what they do. This is the point where people say, Oh, you just aren't enlightened enough to understand what I am doing. Well, this is the point where I remind the people who claim to believe in God and in Jesus' incredible sacrifice that rocks don't solve your problems and mediums don't have the answers you are looking for. In John 14:6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So, here is the reminder that what you are looking for can only be found through Jesus. There is no rock that can cure infertility. There is no crystal that can give you a restful night's sleep. There is no credible prophet that can speak with the dead or predict your future or explain why bad things have happened to you. In Matthew 19, there is a story about a rich young man who asks Jesus what good deed he must do in order to have eternal life. I'm going to read it to you now. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. If you would enter life, keep the commandments, he said to him. Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, Well, all of these I have kept. What do I still lack? Jesus said to him, If you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven, and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus said to his disciples, Truly I say to you, only with difficulty will a rich person enter the kingdom of heaven. Again I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Then Peter said in reply, See, we have left everything and followed you. What then will we have? Jesus said to them, Truly I say to you, in the new world, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left houses, or brothers, or sisters, or father, or mother, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, will receive a hundredfold, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first will be last, 
and the last first. I'm sharing this story with you for two reasons. The first reason is that Jesus says in this story, with man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. I want you to understand that humankind is cursed with sin, ego, and greed. I want you to understand that people will tell you whatever they think you want to hear so that they can manipulate you into doing what they want you to do. But the second thing I want to point out in this story is the reward for those who turn against these human, sinful cravings and desires. It is not always easy to cut ourselves off from temptations of this world. It is so easy to believe that by paying a little money, we can get the answers to our most urgent questions. I'm asking you to slow down, to evaluate what you are actually buying into, to pray. We are a culture of instant gratification. We get our food, prescriptions, and information at drive throughs It reminds me of how satisfying a good Thanksgiving dinner is. It takes a lot of work, preparation, and organization, but it is so worth it in the end. You can't expect God to satisfy you in the form of a fast food cheeseburger. That relationship takes patience, focus, attention and time. Be aware of your surroundings. Be intentional when you tell the world no. Be very clear where your loyalties lie. Do not give Satan a foothold in your life. Give up everything you have, every crutch you rely on, every crystal, every astrological symbol, every curious glance in the direction of a lying stealing evil false prophet and go and follow Jesus. Really follow him. The world will hate you for it, but you don't belong here anyway. You were made for another world. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please share and subscribe. If you would like to connect with me, please find me on Facebook and Instagram at Letters to My Daughters Podcast. I just want to thank you again for being a listener of mine and look forward to sharing more with you in season two. I love you and God loves you and I hope you never forget that.